Ben Fagan here with another episode of Career Cash, the podcast. And on this episode, I'm joined by former college softball player, now law student at Emory University, Natalie Costero. Natalie and I talk about how she ended up in law school, why it's okay to fail, but not okay not to try, and why where you are right now is exactly where you should be. It's an awesome conversation. Let's get to it. Welcome, Natalie. I'm super excited to have you here today and get to dive into where you are in your journey and see if this was an expected stop along the way or, or how you got to this point. So welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, actually, I had no clue that I was ever going to be here. Um, a lot of people growing up used to say like, oh, you should be a lawyer. You should go into law because I was always um, involved in like business of some sort. And uh, they were all, they would always say like, you should give it a try. And honestly, I was always like, no, that's way too much reading. And like, I don't even like school. I would never do that. Uh, and then I guess Corona happened. I was um, sitting at home for quarantine and I was kind of like, I have no clue what I'm going to do with my life. Um, Career Connections hosted like a bunch of webinars. I went to like all of them. Um, and then the job options that I was like getting from those like were cool and they would have um, allowed me to make a good amount of money coming out of my master's degree, but I still, it didn't seem like something I was passionate about. So I just kept giving it, like giving myself time to see if I could find something. Um, and in that time I took the LSAT to like, see if I could score good and possibly apply to law school and everything ended up working out. So here I am. Here, here you are. And so to bring a little bit more context to everything, you're currently in law school and Take us back a little bit to, to your time at Lynn. What were the things that you were studying and how did that path kind of, I know you touched on it a little bit, but how did you get there in a little bit more detail? Because if you said there, there is no necessarily like law degree here at Lynn, so how do you jump from what you studied here to getting to that point? Okay, yeah. So my undergrad, so I did my master's and my undergrad at Lynn. So I did my bachelor's degree in two and a half years at Lynn because I came in with a bunch of um, dual enrollment credits. So I did my undergrad in two and a half years and I started off as, um, I want to say finance major. And then I hated it after like two weeks. And then I switched to sports management and I thought that was like it for me. I'm like, this is my passion. And then I didn't like that either. So then I um, like would go into Career Connections often. I would also go in to see Ralph Norcia like pretty much every week trying to figure out what I liked. Um, so semester by semester, I like kept switching it up until I found something I liked. And I ended up really liking marketing at the time. And I did, I got my bachelor's degree in marketing and I got a couple of cool jobs. Like I was running Instagrams, like while being a student athlete. So like that was like the job that I would make money off of. Um, like running Instagrams and like doing marketing for small businesses. Um, and and so I liked of, it. Was that kind of like a freelance job that you were doing or was that through um, like some organization? The running the it was actually through, um, yeah, it was actually through one of my professors at Lynn, um, the, the brothers, there's two brothers, they're like the head of marketing programs and they got me a reference and I got this random job that was like, small businesses I would run their Instagrams and I liked it I liked it a lot but I couldn't see myself doing that forever um, and then I graduated and I 
looked into a bunch of the master's programs and I decided to go with leadership and management. And that was like the best degree in the world. It, I was part of like the first class that graduated with the master's with a specialization in leadership at Lynn, which was cool. The program was awesome. Um, and it was like something that I'm actually still really, really passionate about. I love leadership. I love learning like the small details behind it that you don't even realize. And it kind of went hand in hand with what I was doing in my life. At the time I was um, a leader on the softball team and I was learning what everything I was doing wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> that was cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, it, well, it feels like you, you, at the time you are the only person that this is happening to. You're, you're far from it when you're switching the majors and feeling like, okay, I don't want to do this. I want to do this. I don't want to do that. You're jumping around. So what was that feeling like when you, you were in finance for two weeks and you're like, I don't want to do this. You get into sports management, you're like, I don't want to do this. What, what was that doing mentally for you as you went through that process, navigating that? Yeah, it was a really scary time. Um, I've always been academically focused. I've always like had my head screwed on straight, like on um, academics. I've always kind of known exactly where I wanted to be academically so for the first time in my life I was like I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing here like I the, and the professors were cool the like the subject was nice but like I didn't seem like something I could do for the rest of my life so I was definitely really nervous and I will still say to this day Ralph Norsey is my best friend because he was like no you're not a failure you're not dumb it'll come <laughs> like so and, and yeah. so what, what were some of those conversations that you had with him that that you know, gave you that assurance that you weren't a failure and that it would come, gave you that patience. Yeah, exactly that. And we would go in and we would get the schedules and have like all the classes and all of the electives that I could take to try and play with different subjects to see if I would like them. And he was so patient. Like I would walk in on any single day and he would just be like, okay, let's sit down. Let's see what we could do. For a while I was a data analytics major too. I forgot about that part. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so you're really, really jumping around the, the different uh, majors. And so you get your master's, you finish up with that. Did you know at that point, once you were graduated with your master's that you were going to law school? Or was that still up in the air? Yes. So I graduated with my master's degree last spring. So um, I was taking my LSATs and studying in the fall semester. So I, before I completed my master's, I kind of knew like, after this step, I want to go to law school, but I will say it wasn't a sure thing. It was just more of like, I'm going to apply. Um, I tend to doubt myself like in everything I do. So I was like, I'm going to apply, but like, let's be real. I'm not even going to get in. And then I ended up getting into the, like the schools that I applied to. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll be decent at this. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so how have you, how have you, work with that relationship of doubting yourself. Cause again, that's one of those things where it's, it, it is existent in so many of us and the amount it exists in us varies from people to people. We all have that self doubt. So how have you learned to deal with it better? How have you built a relationship with that self doubt so you can have it in a healthy way? Yes. I kind of strange. I think I give off the like kind of feeling and vibe, I guess that I'm really confident that I have it together and that like, I know where my life is headed. So it's something that I struggle by myself. Like, and I don't really open up with it about that with a lot of people. So it was just kind of an internal dialogue, I would say that where I'm like, oh, you definitely can't do that. Um, and then I kind of go back to like the things that I've done that I didn't think I could do. 
um, like getting graduating in two and a half years. Like when I was doing it, it seemed like nothing. It seemed like everybody was doing it. But when I really would sit back um, in moments that I'm doubting myself and say like, you graduated by the age of 20 with a like bachelor's degree, like you're okay. Um, so just looking back at like the hard classes that I got A's in or maybe graduating quickly or even um, athletic and like real life experiences to give me more confidence. Yeah, and that, that's one of those things that, you know, I've, I know I've said on this show before, but it's something that I'm such a big believer in, and it's taking pride in your progress, because I think it's so easy to get caught up in the finish line, whatever that looks like, whether it's graduating school, getting that job, and to your point, you lose all of the little accomplishments on the way, like, I mean, you should definitely celebrate graduating two and a half years, like, that's incredible, you know, same thing, whether it's something big like that, or, you know, passing a test that you were feeling a little shaky on, you know, because if you're just right. to the, the end, then yeah, you'll get there eventually, but you're missing out on so many things that can and should be celebrated along the way. And I just think that's such a, such a interesting perspective that you said, and if you don't mind, I would like you to kind of touch on this a little more, is that, that idea of portraying this level of confidence and having that internal self-doubt. And can you kind of dive a little bit more, uh, a little deeper into to what that's been like, you know, with, with having it being like the, the, the disconnect I'm saying from what you put, yeah. how you feel sometimes. Yeah. So I guess the role that I played on my softball team and in my life, um, I'm the youngest of three. Both of my sisters are incredibly successful. One of my sisters is currently in med school and the other one is finishing her doctorate to be a psychologist. So the pressure has always been on. So like as the youngest kid, um, the youngest of three, I've always had that competition and like that kind of like um, vibe again, <laughs> that like my sisters would think like, oh, she's right behind us, like she's got it. But internally I'm like, I'm never gonna reach their potential. Even in high school, I'd have to like make the same grades they made and the teachers would think like, she's gonna be smart because she's like her sisters. And internally I'd be like, no, I'm not. Um, and I would ha have to like kind of compete to get there um, and like prove myself really to myself. So it's definitely been a disconnect between what I portray and what's in my head, like actually. But again, I go back to all the times I've succeeded and been like, okay, you've proved it to yourself so many times, like get over it. You're, you're good. So, uh, and I would say uh, just me as a person and like in being around my friends and stuff, I, I like to have people believe that I'm confident. I think it makes me more confident. So sometimes I even trick myself to be confident. So. And so, so what, is, what is another way outside of going back to the highlight reel, which I think is a great, you know, great technique, what is another way that you can, you kind of trick yourself to be confident or you can share with somebody who doesn't necessarily have that naturally? Yeah, I challenge myself privately. So like, um, I, I'll do things that challenge myself that nobody knows about, that nobody thinks is a challenge for me or nobody even knows I'm doing. Um, but I know that I'm doing something that's challenging myself. And my, maybe that is to cover if I fail, only I know I fail. Um, and if I succeed, I know I succeeded and that'll give me more confidence. And it's literally the simplest things. Like I'll take a practice test. I won't tell anybody I'm taking a practice test, but I'll do it. And then I know my results. Nobody else knows my results. So yeah. Would you, would you say that are you scared of failure? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Like uh, my first day of law school, I was in the car, like 
hoping to God that these professors would not call on my name because I was scared to fail. And at Lynn, the maximum classroom size is 30. At Emory, it's 180 in this auditorium of adults and I'm a 22 year old. And I'm like, I, I, if I get this answer wrong and this guy calls on me, I'd rather pass out. <laughs> so, um, and of course I was called the first day. So. Right, that's naturally how it happens, of course. And so, so why, why do you think that is? And where do you think that comes from that, that fear of failure? Would you say in your perspective? In my perspective, that fear of failure comes from the pressure that I put on myself and the pressure that um, social media puts on you. You know, you go on social media and like, you see all these people getting new jobs, getting this, like um, I'm a softball player, so batting 600 at the top level and doing all these things. And um, you kind of want to be in that. You want to succeed. You want to be in that good limelight and failure doesn't get you there. So it's something that everybody kind of doesn't want to happen. And if you put a lot of pressure on yourself, like I tend to do, um, failure is a fear, but. Now, this is the beauty that I, I find in sports and coming from similar backgrounds in terms of softball right. and baseball. Um, you know, you, you obviously know there's so much that you can learn from it. And one of the things I think is so unique to baseball and softball is the, the experience where you can do everything right and the numbers say you're bad. You know, I can, terrible. <laughs> you know I can have four at-bats in a, in a game, go over four, and I smoke the ball, but the books say I'm not right. good. You know, and so how has how has that kind of lesson? And I don't know if it has, but how has how have you learned those things from softball and taken it and applied it to your own life? And I think with that particular example is is eliminating the external factors and expectations that are out of our control and trying to bring things back in our control. So what has there been any big lesson from softball that you've taken into the things that you're doing now? So yeah, I've learned a lot through my athletic experiences at softball. Like you said, like you can smoke the ball with center fielder four at-bats in a row and your numbers say you should be benched. Um, and honestly, my freshman year was probably the biggest moment of my life, defining moment, because I failed a million times. Um, I think getting in that in, in sports, like having to bounce back, you have absolutely no choice but to bounce back. My sophomore year, I was on a team of 14. I was one of two middle infielders. So if I failed, there was really nobody else that they could replace us with. Even if we were hurt, like there was no girls. We, had, we were short on the roster. So um, I think sports makes you come back. Uh, there's no choice. And that specific year, there was no choice for me. If I failed, it, you're not moving so figure it out so I think that's helped me a lot in the real world and now um, I see a lot in like people in the work environment in school and law school even when they fail it's kind of like a they give up they don't maybe they don't want to raise their hand ever again and I think that because of my life experiences in softball um, that doesn't happen anymore I like if I raise my hand and I say something wrong and I might be embarrassed like I'm going to raise my hand the next day and try and bounce back where other people might not do that. Um, and I think that's the beauty of our game, like you said. And this, this is something that I just thought about while you're speaking is because I think that you can be scared to fail, but still go And It's, it's, a, it's a tough thing because the thought's not fully formulated in my head, but this concept of, of being, being afraid to fail, like you say, you don't want to be wrong when you raise your hand, but, and that's okay, you don't want to be wrong. You want to be successful. You want to be right in the things that you do. But I think the trick there is not being afraid to raise it again if you do fail. I think that's yeah. such an interesting thing. And I think um, 
that that's what it sounds like where you're coming from there where it's like yeah i want to be successful and so that's why i'm driven i don't want to fail because like you said i i, I want to do well in the things that i do but I, if i do fail should that happen i'm not afraid to try again and is that yeah. experience yeah absolutely and i think that exactly what you said like it's hard to put into words but the one thing that I'm more scared of as opposed to failure, like I'm scared of failure very much so, but I'm more afraid of not giving myself the chance. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, that's a privilege I've learned through sports, through life, everything. Uh, my freshman year, I was scared to fail, but I was even more scared to sit the bench. So if my name was called, yeah, I was scared to go pinch hit in the seventh with two outs, but I was more scared to not get the opportunity. So kind of like pushing myself to be like, if you fail, that's okay. But if you don't do it, you should be ashamed of yourself. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful stuff right there. So before we get to the end here, you're in law school right now. We'll, we'll look a little bit into the future. What's the big goal for you? What, what are you doing this all for? Have you gotten to that point yet? So I hear that anything you come in with to law school changes. But hmm. some people stay true to it. So I'm really hoping that I stay true to it. I want to work in sports. I don't know how. I don't know where. I know that I want to work in sports. I'm a big advocate for student athletes in the NCAA. So my ideal job, my like dream job would be being an, an agent or like um, a lawyer for student athletes. Um, if I have to go against the NCAA, so be it. Um, and I guess being a sports agent would be cool too. There's a big uh, sports law program at Emory, which is one of the big reasons I picked it. So something in that field. Well, I could tell you right now, the future of student athletes, athletes out there will be in very good hands if that's the route you, you decide to go down. So it is that time of the show where, where we are wrapping things up and we end it with the segment called Cashing Out, where you leave us with your most valuable piece of, t uh, piece of advice, lesson for the road. So what do you have for us today? Uh, I, my biggest piece of advice would be to slow it down and remind yourself that you're here for a reason, whatever you're doing, whether you're figuring out a job, whether you're figuring out what school you want to go to, no matter what it is, slow it down and be really thankful that you're in that moment because there's so many people um, in so many places that don't get the opportunities that you get. So just be thankful and slow it down and stop putting so much pressure on yourself um, because like I said, you're here for a reason. So just Never get too high, never get too low. Just stay right in the middle and just appreciate the moment that you're in. I love it. Beautifully said, nice and easy. Thank you so much for coming on. This was an absolute yeah. pleasure. And I know you're going to do great things. So thanks so much, Natalie. Yeah, thank you, Ben.